Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Kristen, and today we are honored to hear from Faith Fitzgerald as she has a conversation with one of our podcast hosts, McKelty Bloom. In this leadership episode, they will be discussing soul care and the importance of understanding your identity so you can be the best you you can be and stay in tune with God's voice. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Bridging the Gaps E to the Power of Three podcast. I'm McKelty Bloom, and I am joined by Faith, who is a speaker to one of our topics on soul care and the Enneagram, and we just wanted to dive deeper into it today. So thank you, Faith, for being here. Oh, thank you for asking me. It's an honor. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Well, we're so excited to hear more and to dive deeper on this topic. But before we get into it, we'd love if you could just introduce yourself and we would love to hear how you got involved with Bridging the Gap. Oh, excellent. Yes. So my background has been more in the business world, but I've also been involved as a volunteer in ministry too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of twofold. And I've spent over 20 years in the recruiting and talent management area Mm -hmm. of my career. So I spend most of my time with clients. Uh, I did work with um, many companies that were very large, like 50,000 plus employees down to really small boutique firms. Mm -hmm. And so after 20 years of doing that, I started my own company. Mm. So now I have my own recruiting organization. And uh, I got involved actually through Patch Walby, who is the leader of a lot of our uh, volunteers. Mm, So mm -hmm. I went to the same church as her. And she was looking for volunteers for the single moms event that was coming up. And so she had been with Bridging the Gap several years. I had heard of them, but really didn't know a lot about it. And then she needed a volunteer, and she had asked a whole group of us at lunch one day, and she had said the date of when the event was going to be, and she said May 20th. Mm -hmm. And I had said no the previous year because I had been busy. Mm -hmm. But when she said the name of the, or the time of the date, I said, I will be there. Mm -hmm. And she asked me after lunch, what made you decide (laughs) to do it based on the date? Mm -hmm. And I said, I actually went through divorce years ago, Mm -hmm. and that was my wedding date. And I want to redeem that date. I want to come to the single mom's event and be able to pour love and Mm -hmm. compassion on these gals because I definitely was in that season for several years Mm -hmm. and the Lord has been faithful and he's redeemed that time and now I've been married almost nine years. Mm -hmm. But um, so that was how I got involved and I absolutely loved it and then I learned more about the Thrive and the Sisterhood Leadership and so I've been involved with all three. Yeah, once you get in, you get you get in for all of it. I'm yes, finding out. It's they're so amazing. Fun. So wonderful. It's been such a blessing. Mm. I just I've I've grown and learned and I've even experienced a lot of healing myself. Yeah. Even some things that I thought were already healed. I, mm. I we heal in in levels yeah. and layers. Isn't that funny how you'll go to a conference or an event and you're like, Oh, I'm helping or I'm running it and then halfway through you're like, I needed to hear this. Like I'm growing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's been wonderful to give and to pour into others, but I've sure benefited and been blessed by it too. Oh, good. Well, we love all the work that you do for single moms, and oh. it's fun seeing you in the sisterhood leadership and thrive and doing all of that. And I've only been in it for last year, but I've seen you in it and can just tell how much value you bring to all of it. So oh, thank mm-hmm, you. Good. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it. let's dive in today. You shared a little bit 
bit at the Sister Heard Leadership Retreat on this idea of soul care. And a piece of soul care is really understanding who you are and your identity. And I am just curious, you know, why do you think it is important to know and understand our identity and our soul? Well, I actually started two years ago on, I call it a soul care journey. (laughs) And so I know we talk a lot about self-care and uh, all of those things are important, you know, how how we eat, what we, how much exercise. I have a hard time balancing all of the self-care components. Oh, don't we all? Uh, oh, I know, <laughs> sleep and how much time do we spend with friends and all of these other components. Well, I had read a book called Soul Keeping mm-hmm. by John Ortberg, and it was actually recommended. It was part of a leadership series that uh, was at a church, but I've also known other business leaders to read the book. And it was going in, kind of taking a deeper dive into the soul. And I had never really taken time to research it. So I spent time, this would have been 2019, reading this book and really assessing, because I've been walking with the Lord over 30 years, Mm. but I have found there's different seasons in my life where I can get too busy, Mm. too cluttered in my busy life that I am not not always assessing where is my soul at and and, and am I nurturing my soul. Mm -hmm. So that is really where it started. And I, through this book, I I call it Soul Care, but the book was called Soul Keeping. And uh, I have really learned and found that, you know, we have uh, an outward part of us and then we each have an inward part. And Mm -hmm. so the soul is our inward part, our outside uh, Part of us is what the world sees, right? Yeah. It's, it's our personality, it's our achievements, it's all of the things we accomplish. It's the things that we're focused on in our day-to-day life. But our inside voice is a lot of where our soul is at. And so it's like, what are the messages we're hearing? Mm-hmm. Are, are we listening to the right messages? Are we speaking positive? When I say positive, I mean God's word mm-hmm. over our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, are we... Are we speaking scripture? Are we saying we're sons and daughters of the God Most High? Mm. You know, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Those types of very um, positive and healing words. And when we understand that we were made to be in communication constantly with God, and that's what this whole soul journey has been for me, is really discovering God gave us souls, not only just to move on to our eternal destiny, but it's the way he communicates to us. Mm -hmm. And it's how we're connected to God and how we're connected to each other. And, uh, you know, the Lord is more interested in who we're becoming than what we achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I think the world is more about, you know, what is your status, your achievements? And I've spent some time in my career sometimes getting off track a little bit, start, you know, I chased some of those things a little Mm -hmm. bit harder years ago in my career. And I've come back to the place now where I'm really realizing God is a whole lot more concerned about who I am becoming as a person and what he wants to do in me and through me. Yeah, that that is a lot more important. So really our soul is the most important part of us. 
Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And we, like you said, have a tendency to ignore that inside piece. And sometimes we focus way too much on the outer piece. Absolutely. And I think that you can tell when things get a little bit off, when you can tell when your soul is not in a healthy state of, is when you start to lose your peace. Mm. When you're not really feeling that peace and that joy, you might even be getting irritated with others and you don't even know why you're feeling mm-hmm. or uh, reacting the way you do. I mean, many of us, we get so busy and caught up in the day-to-day life that we can just go on, on like autopilot. Yeah. And we're somewhat almost numb. And we're not really being uh, in touch with what are our feelings, what, where are we at in our soul. And um, there's a couple assessments that the book had recommended you can do to kind of assess where are you starting from mm. on this journey and then how to nurture your soul and then how you can really assess and know when you're in a real healthy stage. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I've been working towards. Yeah, and, no, um, that's good. Yes. And so a tool that is often used in helping to understand your identity and just who you are, what you find value in, your personality is the Enneagram. Yes. And we were already talking a little bit before we even <laughs> started recording because we're both the same Enneagram type. So we were chatting about that. And I love the Enneagram and actually hold a lot of, I hold a lot of weight sometimes in personality tests. Some, You know, a lot of people are kind of like, eh, it is what it is. But I've just found that, of course, there's things that you take, take it with a grain of salt. You know, I can't know who you are exactly. But there's a lot that you can learn from yourself through things like Strength Finders and um, all of the other ones out there that just help you to get a little bit of an insight and I love the Enneagram and I read The Road Back to You, and which is a book that kind of goes through it and saw a lot of myself in being a two. I'm a two on the Enneagram. But um, yeah, do you want to just share a little bit about what the Enneagram is and how we can actually use that to help us understand our soul? Yes, I am so excited too. I'm also a two. When I did <laughs> take the Enneagram mm-hmm. test, I tested as a two and a seven, mm-hmm. but I do, I, I guess I, I gravitate towards the two or identify a little Mm -hmm. bit more with that number. And uh, what's so exciting about it, I know there's nine different personality types. Mm -hmm. So INEA stands for nine. And uh, I know a lot of people get a little freaked out about the symbol as far as the Enneagram. Some people mm-hmm. are like, oh, my goodness, is that the satanic symbol? Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's that's five points. This is nine types. <laughs> and so actually the Enneagram goes many years back, but they didn't do the actual official assessment until the end of the 70s, early 80s. And so it is really picking up momentum. It is it is truly a thing. In fact, I think I'm late to the party <laughs> as I just took it a couple years ago. But I think that it is such a valuable tool of of um, looking at yourself and more self-discovery, self-awareness. And if you are trying to grow your soul and your relationship with the Lord and with others, the way to do that a lot is understanding yourself. Mm. And, and the better we know ourselves, even the better we understand God. And so when you understand that you actually have all of the nine types, and uh, you had mentioned the Strengths Finder, I love that one. Mm-hmm. I recommend that one in business all the time mm-hmm. since I'm a recruiter. But uh, you know, they, in, in the Strengths Finder, there's 34 types, uh, 34 mm-hmm. strengths that we all have, and you gravitate towards the top five. Well, with uh, Enneagram, you're usually one or two different types, but yet you do have all nine traits, all the different 
uh, traits you can identify with. So the better you understand your type and the more you understand others in your lives and what type they are, you're able to have more compassion. Mm -hmm. You understand them better. You have a more appreciation for what they bring because truly Enneagram is is one assessment that never changes through your life. Mm. It's actually who you're hardwired to be. Interesting. It's, it is the way God designed us, which is exciting. And then to be able to go on that journey and um, learn about when you are in a healthy stage, when you're in a more unhealthy stage, and being more aware of that, I think really can help you in your relationships and managing those. So it's been life-changing for mm -hmm. me. I've, I've been uh, kind of on that journey for a couple years. And uh, because I took the official assessment through EnneagramInstitute.com, mm -hmm. I think it's just $12. It's just like a really low price. Mm -hmm. It's about mm -hmm. an hour long. And uh, you get a printout, so you really get to read and learn a lot about your type and um, how that uh, fits in with all the other types. But then it, they do send you an email every day where you can go on the journey, and it has these little exercises that you can look at every day so you can grow and mm -hmm. be more aware. It'll mm -hmm. give you like tips and things to really realize in your own type or like here's something that is a real strength or here's an area you need to watch out for. Mm. And so I feel like every day I'm becoming more and more self-aware. And through that, I've been able to overcome some things that I've been hanging on to, some mm. strongholds. And sometimes our strongholds are what's holding us back in our our soul care. Yeah. It's keeping us from really experiencing all God has for us. You know, He has designed us and wants to accomplish so much through our lives. But if we are so cluttered up in our own soul that we don't even censor or even see what He's trying to do in our lives, we can't be used yeah. like we could be. So I think the Enneagram is such an amazing tool of understanding ourselves and then how can we better be freed up so we can accomplish all the things that God has designed us to yeah. do. Oh, that's so good. Absolutely. So how can we use the Enneagram to help us in our relationship with others? Well, there's. I think that it has been a great tool to use not only in your personal life, but also professionally. So mm -hmm. let me give you a couple, an example of each one. So in my personal life, I have really realized how I have not managed my boundaries very well. Mm. So as a two, uh, they a two is a helper. So they're all about giving and serving and so on. I can get myself so overcommitted. Mm. And I can say yes to so many things that I probably need to say no to more often because I have so much happening in my life, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. between, <laughs> you know, full-time work and family and friends and, and doing a lot of volunteering and ministry. So trying to accomplish all of that. So I am learning better boundaries. And uh, for someone who is very much a giver and a helper, there are people who can actually take a lot from you mm -hmm. and can deplete you. Mm -hmm. 
And so I can tell when I am really feeling depleted. And if I don't feel very appreciated, that's another thing. And <laughs> two is really like affirmation. And just yep, a little yep. simple thank you. You don't need it every day, but every once in a while, it makes all of that giving worthwhile. And if you have people in your life that are taking a lot from you, I, I um, found myself being very depleted and maybe even coming together with individuals and really feeling this resistance and I never knew what it was before. Mm -hmm. Now I recognize it and go, it's not really them, it's me because I haven't managed my boundaries. Mm -hmm. I need to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. And that way we can have a very good relationship. I just need to manage that better. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to take a lot more responsibility and not just let situations happen, but actually uh, be responsible for managing my own boundaries. And then as a seven, you know, sevens love, they're the enthusiasts, they're the ones who uh, love to get together with others. Mm -hmm. So going to that retreat was like going to a big party for me. <laughs> it was so fun last mm -hmm. weekend at Sisterhood Leadership. And and so uh, as a seven, we have a little bit of FOMO, right? Mm -hmm. The fear of mm -hmm. missing out. So we can get our schedules so busy in activities. So there again, I have to manage my boundaries. So that has really helped me on a personal level in business or even in ministry when you're talking about being on leadership teams and being with others. Uh, you want someone of all the different types on your team. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. So you don't want to have everyone be twos and sevens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I need to surround myself with people of all nine types. And so say if you are in a business or a ministry situation and you're all trying to make a large decision, we are all going to come at it from different points of view because mm -hmm. our personality type is just the lens in which we see the world and see situations. So you will need someone like a two, like myself, to encourage and to really speak a lot of positive things into the planning. But then you're going to need people who are making sure everything's done correctly, like a number one will mm -hmm. do. We need a whole lot of things to be accomplished. Threes can get a whole lot done. They're very achievement focused. Mm -hmm. You look at uh, maybe even like the five, six, or seven, there might be an idea that's moving forward, but they're like, wait a minute here. We want to pump the brakes a mm -hmm. little bit. They're going to bring some other creative ideas to the table. Um, eights are very, very, uh, you know, there are a lot of the entrepreneurs. They're going to get it done. And they're very take charge individuals. So they're going to be able to really propel that project forward. The nine is the peacemaker. They say you should always have a nine on every team. Oh, I believe it. Because they're so good <laughs> with collaborating. Mm -hmm. And they say the nines actually have a better perspective than any other type as far as understanding all the other types and appreciating them. So you want a nine because they usually lead by consensus. Mm -hmm. They're able to communicate and understand and really hear from everybody at the table, mm -hmm. from all the different types, and they're able to kind of lead and draw people into a consensus decision. Mm -hmm. So it has been so exciting to see this play out in life and uh, work with others who know their types and we can talk about it and actually make decisions better together. It is personally, without going into anything deep at all, but it has enhanced my marriage. Mm -hmm. As I'm a two, my husband's a nine. Wow. 
And then he leans on his one once in a while, and so do I. So we understand the perfectionist <laughs> <Yeah>. side <laughs> that we both uh-huh. uh, can be. And uh, so I, we hardly ever fight. But I have to say, since we both took the Enneagram and we really appreciate each other a lot more, we have not had one fight not Mm. one argument. So it has really helped us to understand each other, appreciate our differences. And we see those as God made us this way. These are gifts. These are, and, you know, we can joke about it as these are my superpowers, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is what really helps me excel. And then we kind of know too, like if we get into an unhealthy stage with my with my husband being a nine, nines can be stuffers. They're probably the peacemakers, mm-hmm. but they can take a lot of hurt and they can take a lot of things that are said or done around them and they stuff it down. Mm-hmm. And so with nines, you need to check in with them more often. So I am learning to just check in. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are things going? And how are you feeling about this or that? And actually drawing that out, mm-hmm. just knowing uh and appreciating that about my husband's style. So it has been life-changing. Yeah. Yes. And I can agree with every single thing you've said. I've seen it, you know, personally have that same effect. And it actually has helped me and my husband, too, in our marriage awesome. because I am a two as well. And everything you were talking about of the, you know, giving and giving and giving. And I love to give. I love to help. But then I do. I start to feel resentment after a while and I'm realizing okay this is when I'm getting to be unhealthy and I haven't been getting enough thank yous or something like that so you know my husband's able to realize that and start to say you know I appreciate you thank you to kind of fill that cup for me and for him he took it and he's a six and so for the sixes sometimes they have a lot of fear they have things like that come up like, well, what if this happens and this happens? And so for him, that manifests in a way of, I want to make sure you're safe and you're protected and that you have everything you need, you know, that provider mentality. So when I learned that about him, I understood a lot more of why he did some of the things he did. So it truly can be a game changer in your relationships, your friendships, you know, romantic relationships, relationships with your colleagues. It can be a huge help. Absolutely. And there are so many amazing books that you can mm-hmm. read as far as uh, resources. I know you you mentioned one of them. Also, the wisdom of the Enneagram mm-hmm. really goes very deep into the different areas. And then the Enneagram in love and work. And so that one does talk a lot about your romantic relationships mm-hmm. and uh, the the marriages or dating relationships we have, and then how does that play out into the workplace? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's great to actually read about it too. I am, I'm a big book reader, mm-hmm. and I love to constantly learn and grow. And so I think it's helpful to actually read some of the books and then experience it, journal it, write it down. I think that's another way you can look back and just see how far you've come. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, any other final kind of pieces of advice before? I want to jump in and talk a little bit about single moms. Oh, uh, sure. But just kind of final touches on, you know, soul care and Enneagram. Any last pieces of encouragement or advice that you can give to people who maybe are realizing today as they're listening to this, like, I need to do a little bit more work in understanding my identity and just making sure that I am caring for my soul. You know, I think that there's a, it's kind of twofold. It's getting a lot back to basics and, and reading about soul keeping and soul care. Uh, the two bottom line takeaways for me are 
are spending time in prayer and spending time in the Word. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, well, I read the Bible 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I kind of know what's in there. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, how's that working for you these days? Because, you know, the Bible is the book of life. Mm-hmm. And without that, I feel that... And and it's hard in our to develop and grow our soul if we aren't in the Word every day. How do we know what truth is? Mm. How do we know what the Lord is speaking over us? How does He help us discern? Mm-hmm. If we want to be good decision makers in our lives, from our personal lives to our business to our volunteering and our ministries, we have to be able to discern mm-hmm. and God's wisdom. And his direction all comes from when we read his word. Mm -hmm. And you can see when things just jump off at the page, off the page to you at certain times in your life, you just know the Lord is speaking that over you and he's trying to direct you in that path. And then in our prayer life, I think that our lives get so cluttered. And if there's any blessing that has come over this COVID season, at least in my life and many people I've spoke to, is just slowing down a little bit, at least in our social life, where we have more time to build in a new schedule. Mm -hmm. Like how I used to do a lot more Bible reading at night. Now I've shifted that to the morning. Mm -hmm. And so really dedicating that time, I think without that, we really can't have the peace and the joy and the fulfillment that the Lord has called us and what he's trying to accomplish through us. And there's so much information. I just want to encourage women and men alike, I guess, if they're listening too, as we have so much information coming at us, not only through television, social media, there is so much that is cluttering our minds and our mm-hmm. souls. Mm-hmm. And we need to quiet ourselves and we need to come into God's presence. He wants to speak to us. He designed us so that he could speak through our soul. Mm-hmm. And so I think we... In fact, there was a Southern preacher, I thought it was so hilarious, I heard him say, um, you need to get off Facebook and get your face in the book. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) I know, I can get sucked into social Mm -hmm. media and just, and I use it also to pray for others as Mm -hmm. I see others coming up on my feed. I do pray for others, but I can get pulled into that and then I'll stop and go, did I spend my time really spending uh, time with the Word and with God, and is He truly uh, aligning everything in my life to Him? Yeah. So I think that if if we can get our priorities in our lives straight, and then really surround ourselves with people who encourage us mm. and encourage us to fulfill whatever God's plan is for our lives, uh, we need to have those people surrounding us. Absolutely. So that would be my word of advice on that. No, that's great. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all of that. So just with our final couple minutes here, I would love to talk about Single Moms Retreat because that is coming up in June and something that I know you're passionate about, me being raised by a single mom. I'm passionate about it too. Um, We could probably spend an hour talking about it. (laughs) Yes. But I know that you have a huge heart for church ministry for single moms and have a little bit of experience in that and just being someone who is coaching these women, encouraging and loving on these women. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about your heart for that church ministry and what can people be doing to help single moms and encouraging them in their local church? 
Oh, that's a great question because I I love this national and this local retreat that we have every year. So the single moms up Mm -hmm. in Alexandria and so many women from all over the state come and it is truly a life-changing event. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I'm so blessed every time I go and it's so exciting to be there. As far as the ministry part in your own church, there, you know, the statistics, especially in the Twin Cities, I mean, it can range to 30 to 40 percent mm-hmm. of our population um, has gone through and will go through that season. And I personally had gone through that season starting in 2004. But uh, what I think churches can do, and they don't have to recreate the wheel, the, Lois Bright has established a book that's how to start a single mom's ministry. Mm. You can actually order it off her, uh, I know singlemamas.org. She, you can order that resource book, and there might be a couple other websites. And uh, that resource will give you everything you need in your local church. So it gives you topics. Uh, it gives you all kinds of ideas, uh, what to really speak on depending on what season. Because single moms, I mean, you can be single because you're a widow. Mm-hmm. You can be single when you're young. You can be single at all different stages. We have women who are you know, less than 18 all the way to women in their 50s who are going through that journey. And so what we did in a church that I've been involved with, Single Moms Ministry, is we actually took a lot of the topics and a lot of the ideas that were from that resource book that Lois Bright had put together, and we surveyed the gals in our single moms group, or just we knew that there were moms coming to church. In fact, um, I'm going to back up for just a second. There, the church ministry that I was involved with it actually started because single moms hate to sit alone in church. Mm. And I remember when I went through that journey, there were several weeks I didn't attend in person uh, because I hated to sit alone. Yeah. And when you're going through that journey, you find that you weep more in church, and people would look at me like, "Is she unsaved? <laughs> or is she <laughs> like, what's going on there? <laughs> or something happened? Do you want to go for prayer?" Yeah. And uh, and so you would not want to be, you know, singled out or look like you're just alone and wounded. So you would try and find someone to attend with. So this church group actually started as a small group of moms that didn't want to sit alone. So they found an area of the church. They said, if you ever come to church, sit in this area, and you'll never be alone. I love that. Isn't that cool? That is so neat. That's how that whole ministry began. And so in this particular church, it's been going for almost four years. And what is so beautiful uh, about that is we had surveyed all of the moms. So again, this is a broad range of women going through this change in life, and uh, And so we got their input. Here's the topics. Here are the areas that are most meaningful to them. And then we broke that down into getting together twice a month. One was to handle and discuss topics and go deeper in their faith journey. And then the second one was just to have fun and build relationships. Mm -hmm. We all need community. And so it was very fun events, most of them outdoors. So Mm -hmm. we went to like apple orchards or go to parks and beaches and where the kids can play and get to be friends and the moms can share. And we have done so many wonderful, beautiful things together. So I think when you're coming alongside 
a single mom and walking on their journey, that's when you can most speak life into them, Mm -hmm. you know, and just speak wonderful things to really help encourage them and propel them. And not all single moms are going to be in that season as a single mom forever. Yeah. You know, some are, it might be a year, it could be two years, it could be five years, 10 years. Some it's over 20, 30 years. So so it's a beautiful ministry to uh, really go on journey and um, speak life and be, uh, it's almost like discipleship. Yeah. And it's what I wish I would have had when I was a single mom. Mm. I had wonderful friends and family, so I got through it just fine. And I had an amazing counselor. And so I, I always recommend counseling going through some of that, too. But I, I see that this is a ministry that churches are doing across the country. And I think there's such a need, yeah. such a large need. And I think equally for men, I think they, at mm, some point mm-hmm. men should start their own groups too. Mm-hmm. I've heard those are a little bit harder to get started <laughs> up. I, yes. I've heard some of that, but I, I just think it's such a beautiful ministry and it's so, so much needed. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that you know, experience. And I just, I've heard you share a little bit of some of your stories of the women that were impacted and encouraged. And it's just heartwarming doesn't even begin to describe it. Just to, you know, hear people that are being reached and women that know that they're being seen and heard. Absolutely. There's so much that the church can do, even if it's little things. Absolutely. And I think that all of, you know, the Lord calls us to love God and love people. Yep. And the more we can love and express that, and you come alongside a single mom who's been wounded, it's like every time you come together, it's another area of your heart that starts to, all those little cracks and crevices Mm -hmm. that have all been broken and shattered from a very bad experience, that all starts to heal. Yeah. And once they can heal, they can they can start propelling forward and God can redeem that. And right. he redeems every single story. Yeah. All for good. And it's so beautiful to see. And I've watched this over the last six, seven years. I've been involved with single moms uh, with Bridging the Gap as there are women who've reached out to me because I've, I've done some sessions on uh, more on a professional level like how to reinvent your career Mm, and all of mm -hmm. these different topics. And uh, women will come to those sessions, and some of them have wanted to start their own businesses. And so they'll stay in touch with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have watched so many of them come through over the last few years, like here's where they started and they, they kept moving forward. They would come back year after year, and God was healing more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And he has redeemed their story, and it's just beautiful to see where their lives are going. Yeah. And uh, it's been so wonderful to walk alongside many of them. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your heart and your story. And um, for all of you listening, you can join us, you know, for Single Moms Retreat. If you're a single mom and need to come just to get poured into, if you want to volunteer and join us, feel free to reach out. You can find more information um, on the Bridging the Gaps website. But thank you again, Faith, for coming in. You're so welcome. (laughs) It's my pleasure. I enjoyed it. 
Thank you for joining us for this leadership episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Faith Fitzgerald and McKelty Bloom on soul care and identity. They also mentioned the annual Bridging the Gap Single Moms Retreat, which will take place on June 4th and 5th, 2021 at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. Register to attend, volunteer, gift someone with a ticket, or sponsor by going to mnbtg.org slash retreat. Make sure to follow us at MNBTG on social media or check out MNBTG.org to stay up to date on more from Bridging the Gap. We look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.